Is AOC the new Democratic star? How are you affected by the new tax bracket of 2019? And can Democrats bring hope and change back to Congress? This is episode 13 of the Classical Liberal Podcast. Welcome back to the Classical Liberal Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Shaw. Guys, I'm excited to be back. It's 2019, Friday, 11th, and I cannot be more excited to be back podcasting and making videos. I know it took me a while to get my ducks in a row, but I am back. We are here. We will be here Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and of course, bringing you videos every single week. Guys, got a lot to get into today. Changed up the, the format of the show just a tad bit, just to make it smaller and get all the news that you really love. So guys, I appreciate you guys waiting for me. I appreciate you guys keeping up with the page. If you're new to the show, don't forget to go to my Facebook page and add me at the Classical Liberal Podcast or just add Alex Shaw. And you can find me on Twitter at ShawDog21. So guys, you know what time it is. Let's get into the news. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the news segment. Brought to you by Recuro.org. That's right, Recuro.org, liberty-loving website that you will find all your Liberty podcast articles and much more. This segment is brought to you by them, so why not check them out at R-E-C-U-R-O.org. You'll find them there, and you'll find me there as well. So, what is new in Tennessee? What is going to be so luscious and so sweet that will save our kids from obesity? That's right. A great new article came out the other day about how Tennessee needs to start taxing on sugary beverages. Now, that's right. I'm not much of a person that likes sugary beverages. (laughs) That's a lie. But, you know, what kid does not like a sugary beverage? And apparently this author, the author of this article, believes that it's time to put a sin tax on soda, sweet tea, and other sweetened beverages. She says that Tennessee is now the is now the top in the country for overweight or obese children. It says while there are many complex reasons for childhood obesity, excess sugar consumption is a major cause. Soda the largest source of sugar in children, she says. (laughs) So she thinks it's a good idea to tax people to raise taxes on these items like they've done on, on alcohol and cigarettes in order to make people stop consuming them, mainly children, 
to stop consuming them. I hope you guys see the first problem, but let's but let's continue. She she goes on to list some stats from the Cumberland Fund, which I when which when I went to check out the website, their statistics were very skewed, had a very small population of people that they actually sampled. So I was kind of worried about it. But she cites that uh, the percentage of overweight or obese children in Tennessee rose from 34.1% to 37.7%, while the U.S. remained around 31%. This means that over a third of our children are at risk for diabetes, citing from the Commonwealth Fund. Interesting statistics. Very interesting how fast we rose um, when it came to our children being obese. Now, I, I get it. In Tennessee, we do have a little bit of a problem. You know, we see everybody with Mountain Dew and, and, and sweet drinks, but the statistics seems kind of skewed. So I, I went to another website called State of Obesity stateofobesity.org um, and it kind of showed me a little bit different information. Now, it did show that we are on track while in adults to be one of the highest states ever. I mean, currently the obesity rate coming from 2017, because they can't get 2018 data yet, is at 32.8 and we're ranked 15 among the states and that's overall. So we're not just talking about breaking it down to a specific age group or, um, you know, or person. So it's interesting to see this data, actually. And uh, and as you go down on the page, it starts to talk about uh, kids from 10 to 17 years old, 10 years old, which says that we were 15.6%. Uh, that was our that was our current rate between 10 and 17 year olds. And we were ranked among 20 out of all the states in the, in the United States. And then we went to high school students. And they looked at that and said that we were at 20.5% for high school students being second among 43 states, I don't know why 43, they didn't really give information why they didn't get the other the other states, but ranked number two. So maybe she has a claim to it because this is also stating here that it is, we're number two when it comes to high school students, but number 20 when it comes to 10 to 17, and of course, number 19 when it comes to two to 14 years old. So Sugar consumption, yes, is it's. I I think it's fine. I, I I don't think that we need to tax people because of this consumption. I mean, we've already seen how this how this has not have worked on local levels. We've seen how it can be how people can go to other counties, especially if it's a local or an or a local, uh, a local tax. Um, how other people can go outside of counties and go to those small hobby hobby shops, you know, the supermarkets, and buy soda at the same price because they're not getting taxed the way the other major businesses like like your WalMarts, your Walgreens, and all that will be taxed. So there's been a lot of a lot of different you know kind of variances between all this and adding a tax to in Tennessee on. Soda is ridiculous. I mean, and there's so many other things that Tennessee has in place. Like we have state regulations requiring licensed e ECE programs to allow and encourage on-site breastfeeding. Yes, that's an actual regulation. And for you guys that don't know what the ECE is, it's an educational credit uh, evaluations based evaluators. Basically, they go around and and you know do statistics and make sure everyone uh, in you know whatever governmental program and things like that or eating healthy and, and things like that and people are able to eat healthy um but i mean god drinking water state has regulations requiring requiring a license uh, to make drinking water available to children healthy eating we, we we score in that one we require we have a require li license from ece programs to have healthy eating policies what else do we have we have physical activities state has regulations requiring 
programs to have time for daily physical activity. We have screen times. I mean, we have, we already have all these things. We have state legislature, state requires elementary schools for physical education, high school education, middle school, PE requires an elementary school and high schools. I mean, we have all this stuff. We have laws and stuff on the book. I, I don't think, I, I don't think once again, this isn't one of the issues where I think government is not the solution. What is the solution is opening up a lot of these dry deserts, trying to convince uh, businesses that they don't have to charge us as much for healthy foods and and, and try to, you know, maybe uh, tax incentives, something uh, dealing with the actual businesses and who are selling the food, the farms and everybody else who are, who are growing the food. And most of all, parenting. It's connecting to your parents and showing them that, yes, you don't want your kid to be obese. <laughs> yes, that's a good thing. Not for not your kid to be obese. And you know what? I'm all about. I, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm not saying fat shaming that I'm. I'm about fat shaming, but I am about being truthful. Like when someone comes, a kid comes up to me and they ask me, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm just born this way." You know, no, because you're eating like a crazy man. You're, you're, you're stuffing down seven plates or and, and going down, you know, ten sodas. You know, I, I think being truthful to the kids. I think a lot of times right now we're like, "Oh no, you're okay, Johnny. Go ahead and eat that Twinkie. Don't feel ashamed. It's just you. It's just how you are." I, I don't believe in that crap. I mean, we gotta tell someone that they're obese. You know, I would like someone to tell me that I'm obese. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a parenting thing. It's not a taxation thing. We shouldn't want to ta- uh, put taxes on sugary bever- beverages. It's ridiculous. Let's not do it, Tennessee. It's not a sweet deal. It's that time of the year, ladies and gentlemen, where we get to get our money back from the government from which they stole. That's right. April 15th of this year will be tax day, the day that you need to turn in all your taxes from the fiscal year of 2018, which is great. And it's interesting because this is the first year that will be under the 2017 GOP tax law. So let's look at the tax brackets for the single filers and the married filers and see if you kind of fit in what area. So this is just to kind of inform you guys about what's to come in the next couple months while you guys start filing. So let's look at 2018 single filers. So between zero and $9,525, a 10%, you get a 10% you get taxed 10%. And in 2019, it's between $0 and $9,700. 12% for those who make income based between $9,526 and between $38,700 is at a 12% tax rate on the tax bracket. In 2019, if you are between $9,701 and 39475 you will be taxed at 12%. My God, it gets worse. It gets worse. 22% for those who make $38,000 to $82,000. And then it shoots up from $39,000 to $84,000 in 2019. 24% for those who have $82,000 to $157,000 in 2018. You get taxed at 24% if you make that much as a single filer. 84,000 to 160,000. That's how that's what's going to be in 2019. 32%, 157,000 to $200,000 in 2018, you'll be taxed 30 you'll be taxed 30, no, 32%. 160,000 to 204,000 in 2019 will be 32%. Oh my gosh. This is crazy, guys. This is crazy. You got two more brackets. $200,000 to 500,000 Will be thir- will be taxed at thirty five percent in two thousand eighteen and two thousand and nineteen from two hundred and four thousand to five hundred and ten thousand 
God, you'll be taxed at 35%. And then, of course, the highest, 37%. You get a 500 500,000 plus is at 37%. 500, and in 2019, 510 uh, plus will, will be more. So, I mean, uh, what can I say about this? I, it's a standard deduction is $12,000. And of course, personal exemption is eliminated. So, this is crazy. The taxes are getting out of hand. They're taking more and more money from us. More and more money every single year. This is ridiculous. But those are some of the tax... Tax brackets that you find if you're a single, but if you're married, it goes, it, it gets, it gets, it gets, it's, it's, it's not bad. It, it basically doubles. So it's like 10% for those who make up to 9,000 in 2018, 12% for those who make between 19 and 77,000. So 12% is not bad. Uh, 22% uh, for those who make 77,000 and 165,000, 165,000 and 315,000, 24%, 315,000 to 400,000. That's sitting at 32%. 400,000 to 600,000, that's at 35. And then anything over 600,000 in a uh, married filed taxes uh, is 37%. So we, we see this, this increase in taxes. And it's important for us to actually know. And I know a lot of people uh, who listen to the show are either, you know, new, new to politics or, you know, you guys are, you know, young and, and figuring things out just as much as I am. So it's good to you know, at least talk about these things and know that our taxes are going up every year, no matter who's in charge, no matter who's in charge. If we make more money, they're taking it away from us, no matter what, which is was just a crying shame. You know, I mean, I want I, I know I know we need some taxes. But I think we should be keeping more money in our pockets uh, than we are right now. And it's an important issue. And, and, I, and I think it needs to be addressed somehow in some way. Uh, but maybe those uh, new Democrats in the House, maybe they'll address taking some taxes away. Maybe. Just maybe. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode. I appreciate your guys' time and patience with us here at The Classical Liberal. But even with that time and patience, we still need your help sharing our content, liking and following and helping us grow our community. So if you don't mind, go over to YouTube or Facebook or even SoundCloud and subscribe to our page, as well as sharing our content and liking it. And of course, here at The Classical Liberal, we really want constructive criticism. So please send us back your feedback about the show and things that you would like to see and things you don't want to see. Because here at The Classical Liberal, we aim to please, at least entertainment-wise. So thanks for listening, and we'll get back to the second half of the show. So lately here, I've been posting a lot on Facebook and using Facebook as my main social media source. And therefore, I started to post questions to all my friends and families and people who are up to the podcast on Facebook. So in the next coming weeks, you may get a couple of these segments called Facebook chats, where I will basically post a topic and pick one of the best ones to discuss on the podcast uh, every Friday or maybe every Wednesday. But we'll see how this works out and how you guys like. But anyway, so last week I, I, I posted a uh, um, a post about AOC. That's right. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the new representative uh, from New York. And I, I, I posted saying on the lines of uh, that you have to admit that AOC is using social media to her advantage. And it's actually very interesting. And I got a couple of comments saying that she's like a Frankenstein monster of Trump, Palin, and Marx. <laughs> 
No, somebody else said, quiet, this whole dancing video controversy was beautifully executed in her favor. It riled in it riled and easily it easily riled the Trumpers and it riled me to, it railed me too. Left to defend her looks left to defend her looks. Oh, I get it. Okay. Beautiful distraction and divide strategy. Man, you you gotta you gotta give AOC, man. You gotta give it to her. She does an excellent job with the media. I mean, let's 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 talk about this for a minute. For one, even though we know that her ideas are a little bit crazy on on the really really crazy side, she doesn't really have any real solutions or really any implementation. She has high hopes for a lot of things, but you have to give someone credit where credit is due. You're talking about a 28 year old, now 29 year old. She defeated she defeated a 10 term incumbent, a 10 term Democratic incumbent. She worked in Ted Kennedy's foreign affairs office in immigration. She worked for Bernie Sanders in the, in the 2016 election. She destroyed her Republican, uh, her, her uh, Republican opponent, 72.2% of the elect- electoral votes. And then she's a social media star. She gained over 2 million followers in the past year and a half on Twitter and over 400,000 on her pay- Facebook page. The girl is using media to her to her advantage, and it's awesome. Not only, and, and here's the cool part about her. Here's the cool part. Even though her her politics suck ass, she knows how to make Republicans so mad, and and, and they and, and she does a strategy. She does this kind of strategy that reminds me of my president. <laughs> She's a Democratic bully. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about the old guard, so they really can't whip her into shape, not yet at least, until she starts trying to get what she's trying to get, you know, what she wants, but she doesn't care about the old guard. She attacks any and every Democrat, uh, that she feels are that old, are not being progressive enough, not trying to achieve, um, bigger and better policies. She tears up the Republicans, and I mean, Let's let's just let's just let's just admit this. If you're on anywhere if you're on anywhere but her side and you hear her speak, you can totally disbunk her at any point in time. She is just so factually wrong. She is absolutely terrible when it comes to this. And it's easy for Republicans and everybody on the and everybody that's on whatever side that she's not on to attack her. And it's it's easy, but yet she's using it to her advantage because she has her group of followings following. She has uh, she's a, she's a, she's now a rising Democratic star, and she has that kind of it's like it's like it's like kind of like Trump. A lot of Trump people, Trump can never do any wrong. She can never do any wrong, and that's what she has. So she has that Trump effect, and I think it's really cool to see this because she because it's just it's something that that is going to continue to happen. We're going to see a lot of these new politicians become these celebrity politicians, these these movie political theater politicians, and and, and, and she's doing that. And, and like I said, I'm not knocking Trump for it. I I, I like Trump. I, I voted for Trump. I I like some of the things that he did, that he de- that he has done, and I like and I hate some things that he that he's done as well. But this chick, this is a whole new level. We're talking about a a a, a person that is 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 continually growing because we put her on tv we we give her the limelight we make fun of her at the same time but she's still getting the limelight just like trump he still gets the limelight when you do when you do this and you would think that you know fox news and everybody else would learn like if you would just shut up 
and let her be stupid and let her fail at her job, which I think she will. Just let her. Just stop talking about her. It's 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 done. But give credit where credit is due. AOC has done a great job at tackling the media and a great job at fanning her base and continuing whatever the message of crappy overtaking power over powerful government that she wants to talk about. It's it's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting. So let's at least give her that. So something caught my eye the other day when I was watching the Glenn Beck podcast on YouTube and Glenn Beck was getting ready to, you know, unleash this new series about how America may be leading towards some kind of war. And of course, I remember reading this article about the Chinese admiral chilling recipe to dominate the South China Sea. Now, a lot of people don't talk about the South China Sea for some reason, um, especially, you know, after Obama kind of messed that up and allowed the Chinese to expand. But what really kind of scared, not really scared me, but kind of shocked me and kind of made me go down that whole Glenn thinking about Glenn Beck and why he's getting ready to talk about war and things like that and who with and all that stuff was this article really brought me back and I had to go back and do some research and and find some information about this admiral. So a, a rear admiral Lu Yan has told an honest audience in Shen, in Shenzhen uh, on December 20th um, speaking he, he announced that the United States feared what the United States feared most was casualties and the easiest way to defeat China's main rival was to sink two American supercarriers, killing over 10,000 sailors, 5,000 on each. Now, that's crazy. You're talking about someone who is actively involved in the Chinese government, someone who is an influencer in the, in the Chinese government and has been working with the current president for a very long time on how to defend the South China Sea and, and make it, of course, theirs. He went on to saying, uh, call, he went on to call America's military, money, talent, voting system, and fear of adversaries the, is the five U.S. weaknesses that can be easily exploited according to the report. That's even ch- that's even more chilling that he knows because he d- he has a point. Military, you know, we we have we have plenty of military, but are we going to use it? Money, yeah, we're running out of we're running out of cash. We got plenty of talent. Our voting system is not the greatest system right now, and we do fear our adversaries. We do get ourselves involved in a lot of things that we shouldn't be out of fear and do a lot of these things. Um, out of fear, like a lot of the security reasonings and moving taxes and laws, evading your privacy, we do it a lot out of fear. So he hits those points spot on. But I think the, the worst part for me is after doing some research, uh, trying to figure out what has the Chinese government said about this, There, after his statements, uh, a couple days after his statements, the president came out and threatening said, China reserves the option of taking all necessary measures to ensure peaceful reunification with Taiwan, a democracy that has governed itself apart from Chinese since 1949. He also added that he was willing to fight the bloody battle against our enemies. Wow. That's the president of China. Jinping. Jinping. That guy. Yeah. The one who were who you see on the news with Trump hanging out with Trump, you know, the nice little innocent looking Chinese man, uh, not so innocent, not so innocent. But 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 my question is, why are we not talking about it? Why are people not freaking out about these comments? And I and I, I, I found a couple of articles with people going about it, but it wasn't really largely in the media, which kind of alarms me and kind of makes me wonder why are we not 
talking about this and what is the Trump administration doing? But before we get into that, before we try to figure that out, let's talk about why it's important for why it's important to China to be there. The South China Sea is like one of the most essential places for China because of the oil that they can get. And it's also a key military battleground because where the waters where the water is, nearly two thirds of all the global marine trade, which is three point thirty seven trillion dollars, passes through the South China Sea. Now just imagine that for a moment. Imagine China controlling one of the major trade routes of the sea right there. Just imagine how much they're going to tax people. Because, I mean, that's what I would do if I was a crazy communist country, <laughs> a, a crazy freaking place. Like, yeah, man, I'll freaking build some build some artificial land and some beaches, build some military, you know, installations over there, tax the crap out of whoever's coming in here. That's crazy. And, of course, this... Also, 12% of, and it's also the 12, 12% of the world's fisheries are located near its reefs. So that's five major countries in that area that's also affected by China's, uh, uh, say, we'll call it aggression. We'll call it land grab, you know, wanting to expand because, you know, they, they're, trying to, they're trying to connect with Taiwan, as I explained earlier what the, from what the president said. You know, they're trying to get these countries that uh, revolted. Uh, against China, but still works with China, but they're calling themselves independent and China doesn't like them being independent. So moving on the South China Sea will put them, place them in a good spot because they're able to block trade. They're able to tax other people's trade if they're coming through their land. They're able to uh, block off those five major countries uh, that they that they kind of want to grab and become a part of China. And the Chinese set themselves up really well militarily. So this is, this is an interesting thing and it's a very alarming. Um, and I I'm interested to see what Trump is going to do. While Trump, while the Trump administration hasn't been that vocal on the situation and vocal on the things uh, that has been said, many commentators and many political analysts have decided to, to uh, you know, stick up for America and say that we're going to be mighty. We're not going to be pushed back like you guys did in the Obama era. So I'm hoping to see later on this year after this trade uh, thing uh, goes away or at least dies down a little bit better. Um, maybe Trump will 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 talk about it because I I, I I can understand why why he wouldn't talk about trade and the South China Sea right now unless there was a huge 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 push by China. But we'll see in the coming weeks. And of course, you know I'll keep you updated because I am afraid of those damn Chinese. Only the country, not the people. So Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats now own Congress. And it's a great thing for Democrats because it's a shining moment to defeat Trump. The, the, their heroes have arrived and taken out the Republicans. The party now holds a 235 to 199 edge in the House, while the Senate remains still in Republican hands with the GOP holding 53 to 47 seat advantage. So that's that's how it shakes out and i know a lot of you guys already heard about how nancy and the democrats have taken over and i've heard all these new incoming senators as we talked about earlier uh how they are becoming celebrities and, and things are getting ready to shake up and as we can see during this stupid crisis with the border um it, we, we can see how how the democrats are, are going to play and we're kind of 
guesstimating what exactly they're trying to do. So I, I found this article um, off their website, off of the House Democrats website, about some of the things that they're going to be pursuing, uh, of course, in the coming weeks or in, in, the, in the coming months of uh, having the House. So, of course, they want to reopen the government. House aims to pass legislation to fund um, fund eight closed federal departments through September 30th, along with a measure to reopen the Democrat uh uh, the, the Department of Homeland Security through February 8th. So this is something that they've, they're going to try to push. This is something that they really need to happen. But unfortunately, Mr. Trump is is standing tall and and trying to get more taxpayer money to build a wall. While I'm not on the Democrat side to, you know, inflame the welfare state as much as they want to with this bill. And, and Trump kind of wants to do the same thing. Um, I, I, I'm on the side of just let's update our technology. Let's Let's give uh, border security all the all they all they need. Let's put actual fencing on part of the borders that need actual fencing. There's parts that are that are just pretty much wide open with the log sitting in the middle of it, and and, and kind of crack down on those areas and and use you know more technology and better things than a physical wall. So this fight is going to continue to happen. I don't know who's going to cave first. I've been watching out and I I kind of had my bets on Trump caving, but so far, man, he's he's standing he's standing tall. He's he's standing tall. So Democrats are also going to try to address corruption. They plan to take up sweeping anti-corruption measures as one of their first acts as the 116th Congress. So they're going to try to pass legislation about, you know, whether sexual harassment, which they've already passed legislation about that and other things to make sure that Congress uh, doesn't, uh, you know, become more corrupt, which I think one thing that can help is term limits that Ted Cruz proposed a week or so ago. That would that would significantly help with the corruption. That would make they'll make them have to stay uh, true to their constituents. Maybe maybe that's a good idea. Let's see. They say cut up drug prices and shore up Obamacare. <laughs> I don't I don't know about this one. This one seems kind of foggy to me because, you know, healthcare is still a big thing here in America. So they say cut drug prices and shore up Obamacare. It doesn't seem like that's something that progressives or the House Democrats want. They definitely don't want to cut up drug prices because they lose all their lobbyist buddies and all their payments, just like the Republicans. And they want to shore up Obamacare. What is what, what, what does she mean by that? Democrats has pledged to fight litigation that could strip away the Affordable Care Act's protections for people with pre-existing conditions. A key messaging point for the party as it ha- as it gained 40 seats. <laughs> Just because they gained 40 seats does not mean they're going to fix Obamacare or keep all the crappy regulations from Obamacare. I I don't see that happening. I I feel like that's probably a probably for show. Fix the U.S. infrastructure, says the party hopes to revamp American infrastructure from roads, bridges, and rail tunnels uh, to water systems and broadband. <laughs> the government wants to get involved in fixing things because they're so good at fixing things. They're, they take literally like five months just to fix the pothole down the road. Like, come on. They, they, they want to fix our infrastructure, but we, they can't even figure out how to fund our cities and how and, and, and what subsidies and, and, and what deals to give certain cities to help them fund uh, these kind of uh, infrastructure. <laughs> I just wish I wish we would get off government trying to fix everything and give more incentives to business and bigger corporations to come in and fix in communities. And I, I think that would work out a lot better than having making government the sole proprietor to to fix things. It's, it's ridiculous. The monopoly, it, it has to change. They're not going to fix infrastructure. And if they do, they're going to take a lot, a lot of our money just to get something very simple and very easily 
uh, done that can be done by corporations. Address climate change. Shall I even get into addressing the climate change? Aside from a push to creating more green energy jobs, Democrats aim to fight climate change with measures to cut carbon pollutions and attack the Trump administration's rollback of environmental protections. I think the EPA is crap, so I say roll back the EPA completely. I think it's stupid. It's a waste of money. They don't do much at all. It's just the federal government involved in things that they shouldn't be involved in, which should be a state level thing. And to push more energy jobs, energy jobs are growing even under Trump. So what are you talking about? How much, how many more jobs are you going to push? You know, let's, 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 I mean, let's, let's push, let's, let's use both. Let's use coal. Let's use energy. Yeah. Let's, let's do both. But I don't know if this is going to help the earth. I don't really see the scientific facts behind uh, the earth changing because it's freaking nature and nature changes all throughout no matter and it's funny that people think we are a, we are significant enough uh, to change nature to change planet earth <laughs> I just I just don't I just I'm just I just don't buy it I, I just don't buy it and last but not least one of the biggest things that the Democrats are going to try to push in the house is to raise the minimum wage Democrats hope to pass legislation uh, for 15 per hour federal minimum wage. No, I disagree. And I hope it doesn't happen. I'm pretty sure it won't happen, but it's it's a there's a big chance that uh that Republicans can fold on this. I mean they, they folded before uh they, they folded before when it came to um a minimal wage. They they're gonna they're probably gonna fold again. I'm I i will not be surprised. And once we get fifteen dollars per hour federally mandated, it's gonna be hell on earth for consumers and of course for jobs all around because they're gonna have to fire people. They're gonna have to uh auto, you know do automation, you know, getting, you know, computers and things like that. You know, it's already happening. People are already losing their jobs uh, to automation and things like that. So this this is gonna be bad. This is not gonna be good for anybody. Um this is just gonna make us pay more. It's gonna make it seem like we're already at the current minimum wage. Um and it, it's gonna be it's gonna be crap. But these are just a few things uh, that Democrats are, are planning to push. I'm sure, of course, there are some things in the weeds that we don't know or they don't want to put out yet um, that we will keep a watch out for. So just be aware. Democrats are, are, in, are in power, man. And uh, it might be a wild ride, if you want to say. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, the new format, a little bit shorter, not a normal hour, but that's okay. I get to spend 30 minutes with you on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, so I'm bringing you back to back to back, and of course, we'll have the clips of the podcast on YouTube and everywhere else, but it was awesome being back. I, I love doing the show. I hope you guys really do enjoy it. If you guys want more information or follow some of the articles and some of the posts that I, I, I usually post on the page and on my Facebook, go to Facebook and look up the Classical Liberal Podcast or find Alex Shaw on Facebook or go to my Twitter handle at ShawDog21 which is also my YouTube handle so don't forget to go like and subscribe there to see all of our weekly videos but I'll see you guys on Monday have a fantastic weekend I love you folks deuces